0: Kindra is where they make
1: their mark. This is the time where you've got to turn the table, you've got to take advantage and ride this wave in this momentum. A goal from your man. Catch that
0: if you can. Hello there and welcome to the Match Preview Podcast, the last match preview podcast of the regular season. Callum Williams alongside Kendra D. St. Orbin as always. In the next segment, we'll be joined by Minnesota United Technical Director Mark Watson. We'll have plenty to digest with him on the conversation for sure. Uh, But first, Kendra, we are approaching a real proper deadline day and a decision day, rather, um, which I think is going to be intriguing, enthralling, and all of the above. Um, I'm absolutely enthralled by the way that this regular season is finishing. But it couldn't have been possible, particularly from a Minnesota United point of view, Without victory against Sporting Kansas City this past weekend. What a result! They needed it. Give me your thoughts on what you saw against Sporting KC.
1: Well, first and foremost, I love that yesterday at training, Adrian called it judgment day. So he must view it just slightly differently than decision day, or maybe that's just how he truly feels about it. Because a lot of people, a lot of clubs, a lot of players will be judged based on their performance on that day, Um, whether or not you stay above the line, whether or not you jump up in the playoff positioning, whatever it might be. I think there probably are a lot of people that are actually in the industry and in the in the business of professional sports that may view that as more of a judgment day than even a decision day, because a lot a lot goes into that, you know, from a coaching perspective, from a player perspective, you got contracts um, for next year, all these sorts of things. So um, there's a lot of pressure on, on players, on teams, on coaches and, and what have you. And Cal, real quick, before we break down Casey, I just have to say. And you know that you and I are both not ones to like toot our own horns, but I was, I'm was—I so appreciative of all the positive remarks that we got on Twitter after you posted that FS1 picked up the game on Sunday um, and that we wouldn't be doing local television mm-hmm. for it. And I get it. We have critics out there and, and people have their styles of broadcasters. Not everyone loves the way I call a game or whatever, but I, I do appreciate the people that um, have, you know, some positive thoughts out there because that's, that's not always the case. And I know you and I both take our jobs very seriously. And we try to put the, the best broadcast out there. So we, I, I appreciated, um seeing when all my mentions started blowing up because you posted that. So we, I take the good with the bad um, on, on Twitter and on social media, but I do appreciate that people watch um, and appreciate what we bring to the game. So I yeah. just, want, just want to give a shout out to that. Um, Casey, a must win game. There's no other way to put it. And that doesn't always mean that the result goes your way, regardless of the team you throw on the field, your tactical adjustments that you've made, your game plan for the week. It doesn't always go your way. And soccer is like the epitome of that because you can literally possess and dominate in every statistical category and still lose. But Minnesota United absolutely found a way to get it done. They they did everything, in my opinion, right in that game. Yes, they gave up kind of a silly goal early and I kind of went, oh no, I hope this doesn't drag the team down and they bounce back quickly because an early goal against Casey can mean a lot of things and it's usually not positive. And it was a little bit of a mishap, a miscue, you know, marking on the back post, you know, Johnny Russell, Kyrie Shelton gets whatever, you know, but ultimately Minnesota bounced back they eliminated Johnny Russell essentially from that game, which is nearly impossible to do, especially in the form that he's been of late. And especially with Dana Shalloway not on, on, on the pitch to start the game, you knew that a lot was going to be riding on, on Johnny Russell. And he's been in ridiculous form. And um, they eliminated him essentially from that game, from having an effect on it. And they found a way to find Reynoso. And I just thought that, I, I couldn't be more pleased with the way they went about that game, tactically, how they played that game, how they made the most of their opportunities, and they just it, it just felt like Kansas City did not have an adjustment or an answer for what Minnesota United was doing on the pitch to find the game.
0: So first and foremost, in terms of Johnny Russell, I must admit, Kate, I was absolutely gobsmacked that he wasn't selected for the Scotland national team because, and it comes down to, Um, It it comes down, in my opinion, to a lack of understanding of of how good Major League Soccer is. Um, Johnny Russell got nine goals in eight games um, over the course of the last couple of months. Um, And if it was any other league, uh, most leagues in the world, I'd be stunned if they weren't in their national team roster. It's perception that plays its part still, unfortunately, with with Major League Soccer and American and, and Canadian soccer as a whole, which is is so irritating. I thought we were past this, but there are still some people that that don't understand how good this league is. So I feel sorry for Johnny Russell because, in my opinion, he's been one of the the better Scottish players, um, I, I would say, over the course of the last last three months. Um, and some of the players that are in over him, I get it with with Ryan Christie and um, and several other Scottish players getting a chance to play. Sometimes there is something to be said, though, Kate, about being out of sight, out of mind. Um, and a lot of those Scotland players play in the SBL. They play in, in Europe and, and in England. Um, and I just wonder if, if that'll ever influence a player with regards to to making the move over here. I hope it doesn't, because the, <laughs> we have to get over this. We have to understand that this is a good league, and, and football in this part of the world is so, so much better than people ever give it credit for. So I just have to say, I, I can't believe Johnny Russell's not in the Scotland national team roster. Um, I, I, I just, I'm stunned. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, um, I agree. He, he was nullified. Um, I thought Chase Gasper uh, did very well indeed. The one thing I was concerned about, as you mentioned there, Kay, was that when Kansas City got the goal early on, I thought to myself, hmm, this could be problematic because Minnesota now have to open up a little more. They have to go and force the issue because they know they have to win the game. I think at, at, in the first sort of five minutes, I thought it was obvious they were a little more put together in terms of they were a lot tighter. Um and, and it looked as if it looked as if Adrian Heath was comfortable hitting on the counter-attack, which Minnesota do very well indeed. We, we've seen that for several years now. Um, but I thought as soon as Kansas City scored, I thought, right, well, they've got to open up a little bit more. And that can lead to problems. It can lead to gaps being exposed. It can lead to Kansas City absolutely finding a way through several times uh, in on goal. Um, so getting the, the equalizing goal, which I thought was really well hit by Fragapane, but it, uh, I still think Melia should save it. And ultimately, from a Minnesota point of view, we don't care. But Melia, for me, should save it. He'll be disappointed with that. But I thought as soon as Minnesota got themselves the equalizing goal, we we hear it so many times, Kendra, goals do change games. And that goal absolutely changed the momentum from a Minnesota point of view.
1: It did. And it felt to me like... That goal, in, and in, in particular in getting it in the first half, because you kind of felt like the longer the game was going to go on, and of course Minnesota go and get a second goal in the first half as well, but the longer the game would have gone on with Kansas City in a lead with that early goal, I think the confidence in Minnesota and and their ability to score goals, which has been a problem this year, would have continued to drop even within themselves. I know they believe in the group. I know they believe in each other, but there's a reality of the nature of the way the season has gone with the lack of ability to score goals. And I think if the game would have gone on longer and they would have even gone, let's say into halftime down one, nothing, there would have been a a little bit of a back in your mind thought, a a feeling like, are we going to be able to find one? Are we going to be able to get something here? So And yeah, I, you know, I'm with you in the sense that like Timelia better goalkeeping that should he have saved it. But when it's bouncing around in the box and it takes a deflection here and it takes a deflection there. And it's more just about somebody putting it on frame and forcing the goalkeeper to either make a mistake, make a decision, give up a rebound. Maybe it hits somebody else. And that's what Fregepane did. I mean, and that's another one of those moments where Fragapane finds himself inside the, I mean, well inside the 18 because he's drifting in because Reynoso's drifting out. And I think when you have players like Robin Wood or you have a player like Franco Fragapane that are comfortable coming central, they are comfortable knowing that they need to be basically where Reynoso is not. So they can open up space for him, combine with him be available for him, but you have to have a player that's comfortable either on the wing or cutting inside because Reynoso demands so much attention that he's either trying to find the game, trying to find the ball, stretch the, you know, stretch the back line out of the opposition. And that's kind of how that goal was manufactured. But I do think it's a bit about picking your moments to tuck inside because you don't want it too crowded in there either. So I think that the more we see that front four played together, Um, the better it'll go and and the more it'll grow uh, because Robin had missed some time with them. So then you had Renoso and you had Fragapani and you had a new, but then you threw, you know, Robin back in the mix when he came back from international duty. So I think that um, the fact that they got that goal and then of course we'll, we'll talk about the penalty, I'm sure, which is ridiculous, like insane. um, The confidence to do that. I just felt like Minnesota did everything right. And it wasn't an individual, and that they were the whole team really put the team on their backs and knew that this was a must win game. And again, Ozzy Alonzo. I mean, are you kidding me? I just I'm so impressed. I, I, we already know how good he is. But the fact that he's doing it in this moment, at this age, at this time, with this many minutes on his body and just his leadership and his possession and all the above. Um, he was fantastic again, I thought, in, in the game against Kansas City
0: will unfortunately miss the last game of the regular season away at LA Galaxy due to yellow card accumulation, which will be a loss for Minnesota. We'll discuss that and how they replace him a little later on. But you mentioned it, though. Okay, the penalty from Manuel Reynoso was absolutely outrageous. And and yesterday at training, we, we spoke to Adrian Heath and I asked him, it's so important to have players like this. Why is it so important? It's important because... They've had experience in hugely pressurized situations. And I say this with all due respect, coming to Major League Soccer after playing at Boca Juniors and the expectations of you playing at a club like that, the pressure here will will not phase them. And I think it showed when you can execute a penalty like that in that moment, which, you know, there is argument there to say it's perhaps the biggest moment of the season. um, It didn't phase him one bit. And it takes a lot of courage, Kendra, to go down the middle like he did, execute the Penenka in the way that he did, and to do it so confidently as well. Um, it, it just shows against one of the good. best
1: against one of the best penalty shot stoppers in the league.
0: Absolutely, it, it showed how good Reynoso is. I thought he was excellent against sports in Kansas City. You, you mentioned him dragging uh, players out of position and uh, floating around as he does so elegantly. I still think at times it it exposes certain elements of the midfield but but when you're attacking I think he's absolutely wonderful um, and, and he dragged uh, Remy Voltaire absolutely all over the park um, and the penalty was magnificent um, and, and I'm starting to to now think to myself do we just begin to expect this from someone like this every week you know because he's been absolutely wonderful over the course of the last couple of weeks is he Kendra one of these players I wonder that thrives on pressurised situations I think after seeing that we'd, we'd probably say yes
1: Absolutely. I would agree with you 100%. I think he does. And I think they have literally like legitimately ice in their veins, those kind of players. And, you know, I heard on a couple different, um, I forget, it might have been... It was another podcast I was listening to, and I can't remember what it was, but I think they were discussing the fact that, like, this was this was his first penalty of you know taken of the season, I believe. This is a Tim Melia who's phenomenal at stopping penalty shots. And this was like a, a – that made this penalty of Penanga even more cheeky because it wasn't like he's trying to beat Tim Melia because Melia has all this tape on him on which way he's going to go, where, where Reynoso likes to shoot the ball. I mean, this was just pure – You know what to do. This in this moment at this time to to do that. I mean, against again one of the best penalty you know shot stoppers in in the league. So I just um, he's a joy to watch. He truly does things that no one expects. He's got you know his brain is working in overdrive constantly. He reads the game impeccably, and in the discussion of him possibly being one of the best players in this league is not short of reality by any stretch of the imagination. And we should expect this game in and game out. And I get it. The the cast around him may change. There may be injuries. You know, you need some players to, to support him around him at, at times, but ultimately like what he does on the pitch, every game, whether it's on the ball, off the ball, away from it, Assist, secondary assist, whatever it might be. If, if, a, if a teammate finishes those opportunities or not, what you've talked about, if Audrey knew or, or, or proper, you know, number nine would have finished some more chances that he's created, what kind of numbers would he have? But even then, that doesn't take away from me what he is and he is phenomenal. And, um, I love the way he works on the other side of the ball as well. I mean, his willingness to do the work defensively, I think is, um, also, why his teammates, <laughs> excuse me, also why his teammates want to play for him. They want to do the work for him because he does the work himself.
0: Yeah, top class. Um, Getting choked a, up about it. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you know, hold, hold the tears back, my word. Um, <laughs> he uh, He's top class. Um, by a country mile is the best player Minnesota United have had and have ever had to this point in their Major League Soccer lives, for sure. Um, so before we go to break then, Kay, just one defeat in five then for Minnesota. And um, The result at Vancouver was irritating. It was deflating, no doubt. But it was so important for Minnesota United to get back uh, into the wins column, particularly given the current climate, given the situation. They did it so well against Sporting Kansas City with a great performance. And prior to that Vancouver loss, I agree with what Adrian Heath said to the press probably their best performance of the season against LAFC because they created so many chances. They looked in full flow. The The thing that I'm trying to get across here and the, the one thing that, that is completely relatable with the last three games is that the front four look finally as if they are starting to click. And I say finally, they've only played... Six times, I've only started six times together all season, which I know is irritating because this was the plan and and the expectation all year that we would have this front four. Things obviously haven't worked out. Um, Players took a little longer to get into the club than I think was expected. There were obviously injuries as well. And one or two players out of form during certain parts of the season. But it's going to be so important for Minnesota moving forward, not only just for this game against the Galaxy, if they do move on into the postseason, to have the front four clicking as best as they can.
1: Yeah. And I think um, a key piece of that to me is going to be Robin Lud, and not just because his ability to score goals, but I think what he does off the ball and how he helps create chances. He's a, he kind of quietly goes about his business. Whereas Frank, you know, Frank is so fiery and energetic and, and just, um, you know, maybe a little too fiery at times. I was worried in that KC game, he was going to, find himself missing the next one, which we, we didn't need. Um, but I do think that this might be clicking at the right time. And how much have we talked about playoffs and postseason and end of the regular season down the stretch, if you can get hot at the right time and not like a fluky hot, like a legitimate, just finally finding their form together. Um, and Robin Lud, I mean, to be honest, Cal, he did not look like himself when he came back from this last international break, you know, he looked exhausted, and you go back to that Austin game and he just didn't look like himself and he legitimately just needed, I think, a few days or of a week for that matter to find his form again, to find his legs, to find his sleep pattern, whatever it might be. Um, when you travel like he did, and, and playing for his country, and then being thrown right back into the mix, not everybody is Roma Metaner and <laughs> can fly halfway around the world, you know, on on a cargo plane <laughs> and still find your form in your third lung when you get back. He's he's an exception. So, I'm excited to see what happens in this galaxy game because. All to play for. I know we've been saying that for six weeks now. I think you know Adrian Heath has said it multiple times. Basically, since the LA Galaxy was here last, and Greg Vanney was saying it's playoff time, even though there was a number of weeks left in the season. But this is the other thing for me with Minnesota United as we look at the at Decision Day now. Is the consistency factor? What team is going to show up for Minnesota United? Home, road, I don't care. This doesn't matter. This is the most important game bar none of the season. I don't care if you're at home. I don't care if you're on the road. I don't even care who's available. So we're going to talk about Ozzy Alonso missing, right? You have got to come out with a very clear purpose, a very clear energy, and a very clear game plan to get this done because I guarantee the LA Galaxy is thinking the same exact thing and you have leaders on that team that don't want to let this team miss the playoffs or not make the playoffs or lose this game. So I think... um, this is, an, is this an important one to me to, to put back-to-back solid performances in a row for Minnesota United. Let's say for some reason they go to LA Galaxy, they do everything right, they have a fantastic performance, a great game plan, but they don't come away with the result, which is a clear, it's a clear, it, it could happen, right? We just talked about that with soccer. But just seeing a consistent performance from this group, I think is really important in my mind whether that's going into the postseason and you make it, or whether that's your season has ended and going into 2022. I think it's important for this club to to do that.
0: Well, it is indeed nearly playoff time in Major League Soccer. All Minnesota United need to do is claim a point at LA Galaxy on the final day of the regular season, and they're in. There is a situation where they could even lose and still make the postseason. Heading in to the last game of the regular season, Minnesota United find themselves on the cusp of claiming postseason football the third year in a row we'll dissect all of that and more next with the technical director of minnesota united mark watson
1: minnesota united fans save time every time when you use online check-in for a great haircut at great clips download our app or check in online at greatclips.com great clips it's gonna be great
0: Everyone, welcome back to the Match Preview Podcast. Callum Williams alongside Kindra D. St. Orbin and, as mentioned in the opening segment, now joined by the Technical Director of Minnesota United, Mark Watson. Watson, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. We are focusing, unsurprisingly, on the last day of the regular season away to LA Galaxy. We'll dissect that and more over the course of the next 20 minutes or so before we get stuck into it. How is the group up at the training facility in Blaine? What's the atmosphere like at the moment heading into the last day of the regular season? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, guys. Um, the spirit's really good.
2: Uh, you know, I think everyone knows what's at stake. It's, uh, you know, if we had our preference, we probably would have a few more points and not have the um, the intensity of the game. We'd like to be in a, in a higher spot and not have this. But, you know, I think that's that's why you have a you know, playoff structure like this, where you know, there's competition at the top for the, the first seed and there's home playoff games and there's playoff spots. So I think, you know, like I said, as much as we'd like to be a little bit more comfortable going into Sunday, uh, it is what it is. And you know, I think um I think there's a, a real confidence in the group. I think, you know, the last four or five games, especially we've been playing at a really high level, you know, maybe not getting rewarded a, as much as we have been points-wise for the performances. Um, but I think there's a real confidence in the group. We're healthy, you know, we've got our you know our main group together. Um, you know, and the, and the stats say when that you know that group is on the field, the 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 points and the results have been pretty good. Um, but no, we 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 have a good energy and there's a confident group going into the weekend.
1: And Waddle, how important is that to have not just a confidence, but a feeling of confidence in consistency, you know, knowing knowing that the group is confident in the week, but knowing what kind of performance you're going to get out of them on, on game day, whatever that might be, knowing like you go from the LAFC game, which was clearly a home game felt like you should have probably gotten more out of it for the way the guys played, but sure. out of yep. fantastic performance, but then Vancouver road game, not so great. And then you go home in a must win situation and absolutely lay the hammer on sporting Kansas city. So how about like from a consistency standpoint, as a staff, how much do you need that from your group?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it's important. And I think everyone looks around and, and knows that we've, you know, we've had some challenges and international stuff and injuries, which every team does, you know, we're not, we're not immune to that, but we just haven't for a bunch of different reasons had our, our main group on the field. So, um, you know, I think everyone's looking around um, and knowing the performance of the, of the past, you know, four five, six games that we're, we're a really good team. We do have to, you know, tidy up the, the little mistakes, we've been conceding some soft goals, you know, and that's certainly not something that uh, you can have going into, you know, really crucial games or into the playoffs. Um So there's, there's little things to tidy up, but I, you know, I think um now that we've had that group together for a little while, like I said, this, the stats support it. We've had our, you know, our, our main group on the field, the, the results uh, have been very good and the performance have been very good. So, you know, I think that gives us a lot of confidence, Um you know, but we still look at the big picture. We know that, we need a good performance we need to have a cutting edge in the final third and we need to get rid of some of the some of the
0: little mistakes that have been costly over the, the past few games so in terms of LA galaxy this coming weekend then what 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 have you made of their campaign this year
2: you know just from the macro point of view a really good start you know chicharito cup fire um you know he did did not you know meet expectations um i'm sure for for the galaxy last year uh, so they had a really hot start. They had a bunch of new players, new management. Um, you know, we know Greg Vanny very well. We know how his teams play and they, you know, everything came together and it's, it's slowed down a little bit, um, you know, and I don't think they would have thought they'd be in, in this position, having to, having to get a result on the last day to, to get in the playoffs, you know, but we know they're a talented team. Um is a top goal scorer. They've, they've brought a bunch of new faces in uh, jovellovich Cabral, Ravellison and his a host of new players as well as some of the returning ones that that we know so we know it's a talented group we know they're playing at home um, and we know we're gonna have to be at our best to get a result
1: when you look at your group and I just want to get your first time reaction I know I'm sorry I'm going backwards here this is the way my brain putting works. Me on spot, kind of, Kendra. it's kind of frazzle brain that's kind of the way my brain works I'm sorry Cal has to deal with it all the time but when you saw when you saw Ray do the panenka and score, like in the technical booth or wherever you are, like, what was your reaction? Like, I just want to know, can you just replay it for us? Just do it again. Like, what was Complete it?
2: Complete silence. <laughs> Complete silence. Jaw drop. Not knowing what to say for 10 seconds. And then you realize it, it's hit the back of the net. And then we're very excited. But, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a cat and mouse game when you're on the penalty spot. You know, I think there's, there's enough work that goes into – you know, the goalkeepers know the shooters and the shooters know the goalkeepers and, and all their tendencies. Um, you know, and it's a, it's a big mental game. Ray's a top player, um, top technical player, you know, and he, uh, he's got some balls. I don't know if I can say that. word <laughs> Yes. Um, yeah, that was, that was pretty impressive. If it doesn't come off, you don't look quite as good, but, um, cometh the man cometh the hour is, uh, a phrase we use sometimes it's one of Adrian's favorites. So that was that was certainly that moment. And he he had the um you know the the confidence and the resolve to to pull off a a highly complicated skill at a (laughs) at a crucial time. So uh overall just relief to see it hit the back of the net and um you know I I think it's it's one of the games recently that if we didn't get three points we would have been very disappointed because you know we thought we were the better team you know conceded a you know a fairly sloppy goal early on to to give ourselves a a mountain to climb but you know i think we um, even we needed that little moment of brilliance we we would have felt very hard done by if we didn't get the result so a good team performance and sometimes you need your your top players to step up and do special things
0: We've discussed it earlier on this podcast. We spoke about it with Adrian Heath yesterday up at the training facility as well, Watto. This is why you spend the money on these types of players because they've been in these high pressured situations. Reynoso has played for years under intense pressure with Boca Juniors, as has Javier Hernandez with the likes of Manchester United, Real Madrid, even at Chivas Guadalajara in Mexico as well. At the moment, Javier Hernandez is undergoing his best season. Since 2016, where I believe he got 17 goals for Bayer Leverkusen in the German Bundesliga, he's still so sharp. He's still absolutely as predatorial as they come. Plays off the shoulder wonderfully, Watto. How? How do you begin to prepare to get the better of somebody like that? Well, I'll, I'll address the big question. Um, you know, I
2: think these these moments are where the the top players need to, you know, show their value, you know? We, we think we've got one of the best in Ray. You know, I think, like I said, it's, it's not been as often as we'd like to have a full complement of players. Um, and when you have a player like Ray, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, a time that it takes everyone to get on the same page, knowing that he has this vision and he has this, this high level execution on the final pass. So, you know, we've, we've gotten better and better every game with that. And, you know, we expect a, a good performance and, you know, for, for Ray to have another, um, you know, very impactful game on the flip side, ultimate respect for Chicharito been a top goal scorer, you know, his, um, his finishing, but more his movement and his, um, sense of danger maybe in the box is something that will need, you know, a full 90 plus minute, uh, of, of concentration. It's something that the defenders, you know, are well aware of there's, there's video it's, you know, it's, it's literally 90 minutes where you can't let your guard down for one second because it's the little movement off the shoulder or back across and, and it's a goal. So it, it's, you know, it's individual focus and it's collective, um, you know, organization and communication to keep a player like that off the score sheet for 90 minutes.
1: Keeping him off the score sheet for 90 minutes is going to be a, a, a tough task because we've seen him do it against several teams um, in his time. And I'm lost particularly this year, but what about what? What kind of a miss in that sort of defensive organization and responsibility passing him off, sharing of of, of a player like him? What kind of a miss then is Ozzy Alonzo for this match? And who is the responsibility going to fall on? So, not telling me like who the starting eleven is, but h- how are they going to make up for missing Ozzy Alonso in that holding mid position?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we have a lot of depth in that position, and you know, you you, you can't replace. You know, and Ozzy Alonso, um, You know, he's been one of the league's top players, and he just he just has a presence about him as much as anything. You know, and his performances have you know gotten better and better as the season's gone along. And I, I don't think it's a real shock to see Ozzy peaking at uh, at this time of the year. So he will be missed, but we have we have a good group. Um, you know, we have quite a lot of depth at that position in particular. So uh, without divulging a lineup, I'm sure we'll um, we'll come up with someone that is more than competent. Um, you know, but in terms of how you handle a chicharito, I, I think we spend more times on more time on ourselves and how and how we get a really good performance. Yet address that. You know, we don't certainly don't spend all week on chicharito and how you how you stop him. Uh, it's certainly addressed. It's you know some conversations with the back four. It's conversations with the front two. You know, to to get into passing lanes and deny him that service. It's box defending shape. You know, once they get the ball wide. Um, you know, he's very good at finding space and finding the ball off crosses. So we'll go over all those situations, but this is more about, you know, our group. We really like the group. Um, we've got a, you know, a really defined way of playing, you know, and we think we're going to cause them a lot of problems. So so that's the focus. Yeah, there's still a high level of respect for the Galaxy and in particular Chicharito.
0: Not to harp on about Javier Hernandez here, but he's the obvious headline maker at the moment. And eight goals in his last 12 games, he's finding form at the right time for LA Galaxy. Is it one of those, where, when you have a conversation, you, I know, worked on um, the, the Minnesota United backline for several years before moving up to the technical director position. You, I'd be surprised if you ever say to anybody, you've got a man marking, because then he's pulling centre-halves all over the place. Mm-hmm. Is it one of them where you're perhaps saying to, let's assume it's a back four again, there's no reason why it wouldn't be for Minnesota this, this weekend. We'll see. Is it one of them where you're, where you're saying, you know, do you, do you ask everybody to be a little more reserved? Do you perhaps say to the fullbacks, perhaps don't go as much because you can't come around and cover then if he finds a way around the centre half? But what is the best way to to nullify someone like this? Yeah, it, I mean it's a high level of focus, and then it's it's getting your
2: shape right and your communication. So he is going to be in between players. He's going to be off shoulders. He's going to be in in positions where it's difficult to mark him, and that's why he's he's so good. He you know he he makes two players um, get themselves organized and communicate what, what execution they want. You know, I think that's, that's the challenge. So if he's in between it's the, it's the two players, whether it's a fullback and a center back or the two center backs being really switched on. And sometimes it's wrapping them up and I've got them and the other one can play in the space, or it's just a real high level of awareness that he is in between. And, you know, at the moment of truth, we need to, you know, we need to execute properly. So, um, like I said, there, there, there will be. Um, some discussions and some work on Chicharito, but they've got other good players as well. So it's certainly not the Chicharito work for us. You know, I think we talk about their, their main tendencies and the ways they can hurt you, um, but with a big focus on ourselves and making sure that more importantly than anything, we um, we approach the, the game in the right way and, and we have a, a top quality performance. I think that's that's the focus.
1: Where can you get at LA Galaxy then? Where do you see maybe um a weak spot from them or where you can capitalize on, on a situation in, in possession going forward? Where can that happen?
2: You know, I, I think it comes from multiple places. That's that's one of the, the things that we like about our team. I think we can we can play down the middle, um, in between the gaps, we can play wide, you know, we, and we've got you know really talented wide players that come inside and get numbers up. So I, I think, you know, I think. You, you need a fair bit of versatility in the game that if you tend to go down the middle, teams will clog that and, and force you wide. So, you know, a lot of the times it depends on what the opponent does. And if they take something the way you have to be aware enough and be able to execute what they give you. Um, you know, it's, it's an old saying in the game as well. Take what the game gives you. Don't don't try to force something because you think it's, it's always the right way to go about it. Teams know each other really well and they usually try to take your strengths away. So a lot of times it's doing the best and executing Um, the other opportunities. So a lot of it will depend on the other team's, you know, defending approach. Are they going to press? Are they going to sit in the mid block? Are they going to sit deep? Um, You know, we have to be able to adjust to to whatever they throw at
0: us. Well, so just about everybody in the world knows the name LA galaxy. Um, As soon as David Beckham went there, I, I can't imagine anybody across world football that wouldn't know the game, the name LA galaxy. So with their reputation and given the current circumstances, is it safe to argue that pressure's on them? And if so, does that perhaps benefit Minnesota United?
2: Uh, you know, I think so. I think, I think the pressure's on both clubs to, to make the playoffs, but it's a home game. They're expected to win, you know, and they and they have to win the game. Um, I think there's a, a possibility where a draw for them gets them through, but there's been so many permutations and and math involved in the past week trying to figure out you know, what what is exactly necessary. I think the last couple of days has cleared that up a little bit, at least for us. Um, But I think we're going into the game thinking that the Galaxy need to win. I hope I hope have that correct in terms of the math. But um, yeah, it's a home game. They're they're expected to win. Um, And we know that, you know, we can go in there and and a draw will will get us into the playoffs. So we we have that. Um, You know, I I don't think that's our our mindset going in. We want to go and play well and win the game, you know, but knowing in the back of our mind a draw is going to be enough to, to get us in the playoffs.
1: I know we're going to do some sort of a, a season recap, uh, you know, once the, the whole 2021 season is set and done, but just looking at the the season thus far with one game remaining, what can you say about, you know, locking up a player like Chase Gasper and Hassani Dotson in, in contracts and what that means for the future of this club, knowing what they've meant to this team since they've been drafted, but particularly this season.
2: No, I think I think they're they're big deals for us. Um, You know, they're guys that we drafted, guys that we developed, and and got them into the first team. And to now see them as, you know, long term um, kind of foundational pieces, I think is it's a proud moment for us. I think um, you know we spent a lot of time with them, me me personally as well. So, you know, I felt good about that. Them, you know, earning that that new contract and that and that longer term stability that you, you don't give out those deals. Uh, just because you like someone you you know you give it those deals because they've done well and you know you you want them around for for the long term. so um we feel really good about it both both guys have worked really hard they're they're great guys they're they're a big part of you know our on the field performances but also our um you know behind the scenes culture that we've built here they're they're great kids and we're and we're really excited to have them here for
0: the long term. well, that's focus on the rest of the season, shall we? As, as we've said, just one game left in the regular season before playoff time. And it is uh, a decision day like unlike any other whatsoever. I know you've been involved in Major League Soccer and other playoff races uh, around your uh, illustrious career around world football. But on Sunday, let's concentrate on the Western Conference, shall we? All the games kick off at 5 p.m. Central. Colorado hosting LAFC. Kansas City hosting Rail Salt Lake. As we just mentioned, LA Galaxy hosting Minnesota United, Portland Timbers hosting Austin FC, San Jose at home to FC Dallas, Vancouver Whitecaps at home to Seattle Sounders. There are three points between fifth and ninth in the Western Conference, quite rightly so, as you say, what a, a draw will do for Minnesota United have you ever been involved in a race as tight as this and how much are you enjoying it? I know there's an element of stress for sure that comes with with, with the property here but there must be an element of enjoyment as well. No, I'm not enjoying this at all. I find it absolute <laughs> torture. I got I got to be completely
2: honest with you. Um no, listen, I think as um as soccer people and sports people this this is why you have this type of format and there's you know there's always been an argument of oh you know playoffs and you know, kind of classic European, you know, the the team at, at the end on top is the champion. This is why you have stuff like this. And it's not about the playoffs, it's getting into the playoffs. And I think the last couple of weeks especially, it's been it's been riveting stuff. So, you know, we were very biased. I'll include you guys in that because um I'm a Minnesota United person and I I just I just want our team to do well. But as the as the neutral soccer and, and sports, person this is this is incredible stuff and you know to have every game in the western conference at the same time you're watching the live table you're trying to follow all these games even the teams at the top there's three teams vying for number one spot in the west and a you know and a buy into the playoffs um you're you're trying to get into the playoffs you're trying to get a certain place and a certain matchup in the in the first round it's it's incredible stuff you know like i said i wish we weren't in this situation it was a little bit more comfortable Um, you know, but we are, and it's, you know, it's the intensity is is off the charts and I don't think there's, I mean, for, for me, this has been the most intense playoff race. And, you know, even the last three weeks, it's just, every game is so important. Um, you know, and I, I think this is, this is why you have this type of setup. You have so many teams, you know, and there's playoff spots and there's, you know, in the past it was home and away and it was, there, there wasn't that much, um, you know, push to get a higher seed is—is it, it better to have the first game at home or the first game away? There was always that discussion. Now it's one game and a, and you're at home, and that's a big advantage. So there's just so much to play for, and there's so much that can go on. So it'll certainly be an interesting, um, hundred and twenty minutes for sure.
1: So when you look at Sunday's game, and we've talked about the pressure, how important is it also though to go into the postseason with some sort of um, just you know, of momentum, you know, we talk about teams limping into the postseason. I know it's not a clear-cut finality that Minnesota United is in the postseason, but not even just to make it, but to make it feeling good about the performance. If you if you look at Kansas City, you know, they lose last night and they lost to Minnesota United. I don't know how they feel about how they're heading into the postseason, but for you guys, how important to go in with some momentum, some confidence in in how you're playing.
2: You know, it's really important. And in terms of our, our approach, you know, we, I think everyone knows the importance of the game. Um, We will approach this like any other game and do all the things that we think are necessary to, to have a good performance. We certainly won't stress it. We won't, you know, like I said, it's, it's out there for everyone to see in, in terms of where we're at right now. We feel really good about our team. We think we're playing at a really high level, you know, our best stuff of the year, which, you know, there's, you have to get into the playoffs first, but if there's a time you want to peak, it's now. And that's if, if you drew up the plan, you know, we, we'd probably like to be in the playoffs at this point, but peaking at this time of the season. And it's, it's what we did last year. You know, we were, we were a little higher up and we had, uh, we had some, some more comfort going into the last day of the season, but the team was coming together in terms of just the quality, the, the cohesion, you know, guys on the same page. And, you know, we were, we were hitting our peak at the end of the season and
0: there's some similarities to to this group. Just two more questions from me, Wato. I I know you've got things to prepare for. Again, really appreciate the time. Um, Let's, let's, let's say Minnesota do get into the playoffs, regardless where they finish fifth, sixth or seventh, regardless. Has it been a good season for Minnesota United?
2: I, I think it has, you know, I think there were some really high expectations going in and, And we, quite frankly, we put those on ourselves. So, um, you know, a fair bit of adversity. Um, A lot of things happened. A lot of injuries. Guys didn't come in straight away. uh, A lot of international stuff. We had, you know, we have some impactful international players. So um, we certainly missed them in terms of missing games. And then, you know, there's guys that have traveled and don't necessarily get back to to their level in the first game back. So there's been a lot going on. Um, every season is different. You want to win every game and, and, and win the playoffs and be the champion, but it doesn't always go to plan. And the, you know, like I said, we're, we're very confident going in, we get in the playoffs and I think the team is in in really good form to have a good playoff run. The big takeaway from this group, um, so far to the season is dealing with adversity. I know it's a, you know, a very cliche statement, but, um, and there were moments where we actually had to do that last year. We had, we had a bunch of stuff thrown at us last year and, I think the the group showed a lot of resolve, and I think I think that's that's happened again this year. Um, you know, there was good squad depth, there was really good camaraderie, there was there was some tough times where we needed the, the, the group to bounce back, and we did that. So, uh, really proud of the group, and obviously, you know, the the unique part is you're judged for the most part in terms of making the playoffs or not. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens on Sunday, but we know we've got a good group. Um, you know, other things that we we can do better in the future. Definitely, there's certain areas we we look to strengthen. As you know, there are uh, some depth pieces we need to bring in for sure. There's there's a, there's a lot of those things. But you know, I think um, I think we all realize we have a good group and a good result on on Sunday, and we have a good chance to move forward.
0: Well, you mentioned it there, Watto, briefly. Um, I'll ask you this question with 2022 in mind. Um, We know you're out there looking at players. We know there's some uh, potential for for deals to be done over the course of the next couple of months. How does this group go from being, as you said, a good group to a great group? How close are you to getting some some deals done for 2022?
2: Yeah, I think we're close. And, you know, not that we don't do it on a, a daily, weekly, monthly basis, but... You know once we get through the season we'll do a full review um we already have some some spots that we're looking at and we have some players identified um but there's a lot that, go, that goes to it and i you know i think that's the stuff that we have to deal with that most people don't really understand there's different levels of contracts there's an expansion draft uh, the salary cap will, will remain the same for a third straight year so um, you know knowing that contracts go up by five to fifteen percent there's there's gonna be some tough decisions. Um, you know we will always do what's best for the club. that's that's you know our job and what we've been, been entrusted to do. Um, there's usually some really difficult decisions and I don't think this off season will will be any different, but we will always do what we think is right for the club moving forward. And I think you know over the course of our five years that's um, that's been the case. and I think we've gotten a little better every year and we'll continue to do the same in this offseason.
0: Wonderful. Uh, Walter. thanks so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. That is the uh, Technical Director of Minnesota United, Mark Watson. A big thanks to him. A big thanks to D e. St. Auburn, our producer Tyson Hill, and of course for you at home listening to us right here on the Match Preview Podcast. It all comes down to Decision Day on Sunday, 5pm Central. You can watch the game on Fox Sports 1 or indeed listen to us on the radio on Score North, if that's your thing. Thanks for listening as always. We'll see you on Sunday.